Hi, Teresa. Hey, Sam. How are you? I'm great. Actually, today was a weird day. (laughs) Well, I was great because I just went on a bike ride and my friend Jacob just fixed my bike um, in like four hours, which was amazing. Um, And so I just biked along Lake Michigan. But this morning, my landlord sent me a really aggressive text. And I feel like I don't care how old I, I am, but every time an adult or a grown man yells at me through text, I get very scared. So um, yeah, this morning was not off to a great start, but now I'm in a better mood because of my bike ride. (laughs) What about you? Why was your landlord sending you aggressive texts? Because he gave me like a storage space and I didn't put my things in the storage space neatly enough and mind you the storage space is this dingy little room in the basement of this apartment where no one else has their things in and he called me and i quote disappointing damn damn <laughs> that's Landlord calling you disappointing is like it's tough hilarious. it's like capitalism <laughs> in a nutshell it is tough um and yeah i really didn't think i was going to be impacted but I felt very upset for a few hours. (laughs) I'm so sorry that that upset you. Luckily, we have a really great episode of Two Versions for y'all today. We are going to be interviewing the rapper I Am God over a banana nut milkshake. Great, let's get into it. So for this week's episode, I chose a banana nut milkshake. And you may be wondering, what is that? Well, I've had no banana nut milkshakes anywhere else, actually, except for at Medici, which is um, a local like bakery restaurant on UChicago's campus. Um, And I used to get banana nut milkshakes all the time in high school. And I did not get one um, for a few years until last week. And honestly, I can, I feel like what I drank was not a banana milkshake. It kind of tasted like how Michael's the store smells, you know what I mean? Like kind of nutmeggy and like Christmassy. Did I enjoy it? Yes. But was it the banana nut milkshake that I'm used to? No. Um, What about you, Sam? When was the last time that you had a banana milkshake? Besides today, obviously. Yeah, obviously from New York, I teleported it to me, but uh, I think the last time I had it was in high school, maybe senior year. I remember having it once, thinking it was interesting, but that I never needed to have it again. Um, So I think for both of us, the banana milkshake is not giving, getting a particularly positive review, unfortunately, for the Medici, but Shout out to the Medici. They have lots of other great shakes. I love their strawberry and their chocolate shake. So um, maybe just banana nut isn't for us. Well, I just feel like milkshakes in general should come in a smaller size because like I love the milkshake, right? Like when then one fourth of the way through, I'm like, I don't need any more of this, you know? Like if there could be like an extra, extra small size of milkshakes, I think we would all enjoy them a lot more. Yeah, I agree with that. Thanks. (laughs) 
Well, moving on to today's episode, we're going to be interviewing a rapper actually from Chicago, I Am God, and he recently released his newest project, The Eternal Reflection, which both me and Sam really loved. Um, Sam, can you tell us a little bit more about how you stumbled across I Am God and also what um, we really loved about his music? Yeah, so I Am God is a really dope rapper out of Chicago. As y'all know, we try to stay up on things happening in Chicago. Um, And his newest album just has such a deep story behind it and addresses so many important topics, occasionally in ways that are a bit tough to listen to. Um, But overall, it's just a real testament to um, kind of how he's grown as an artist. And he also comes from a different generation of Chicago rappers than we might hear now. And we can't wait to have him on the podcast today. Great. Should we call him up right now? Yep, let's call him up. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How y'all doing? Great, great, great. We really loved your new project. Um, and especially just how it's kind of an ode to the city of Chicago. And we just wanted to ask you some questions about it. Is that cool? Cool, cool. Let's get into it. I appreciate y'all, man. Of course. Um, so first, I guess we could just start with, I think this is one of like the most literal odes to Chicago that I've heard. It seems like you make that very clear from the beginning. Um, so I guess I just want to start with what does the city mean to you and how has it influenced your style? Oh man, Chicago was home. You know, even though uh, I don't currently reside in Chicago, but it's home. I'm not far at all whatsoever. Um, I'm always in and out, back and forth. I record all my music in Chicago. I've shot all my videos in Chicago. Like anything that has to do with music, I'm basically doing it in Chicago. Chicago made me the man, the person that I am today. You know, um, from attitude, my my point of view when it comes to certain things, when it comes to a lot of things, if not everything. Um, just the way I carry myself, the way I handle myself the way I just operate on a day-to-day basis. You know, Chicago really um, gave me a foundation and it, it, it gave me a layer of a thick skin that I feel like definitely gonna come in handy in this, in this current uh, society and just in this day and age in general. So Chicago was everything to me, you know, Chicago was like a parent within itself. No, definitely. And we both definitely feel that way, especially after leaving for a bit for school. Um, but we were also like really influenced by the city, like culturally. And we were just wondering, like, what inspired you to start creating music, like in general? Well, in general, I told the story uh, several times, but my first introduction to rap that I could remember I had to be around five. Uh, Tupac's Brenda's Got a Baby, the video. And being so young and seeing that visual, it's a black and white video. It tells a story of a young, uh, a young girl who was sexually molested, impregnated, and literally had a baby on the floor and puts it in a dumpster. And they show visuals throughout the video of these things. So when I see a young girl lay what's supposed to be a newborn in a dumpster at five years old, I've never heard of or experienced anything like that. So I was shook, but I couldn't look away. Like it scared me, but I was I was trapped into that video. So that was my first um, my first run in with rap that I could remember. And I guess later on down the line, coming into my own, 
just wanting to tell stories. It started off like a money thing. You know, I'm from inner city, Chicago, LeClaire courts, uh, poverty, you know, all that, the hood, whatever you want to call it. But it started off with the money thing. You know, you see the, the jewelry, you know what I'm saying? The cars, the women, and it's kind of like you come from nothing. So you instantly, I was instantly drawn to that. I want that, but it's the craft of it. You know, I come up in an era to where what you were saying meant everything and you had to be true to what you were saying. So it, it was just the craft of it, being able to play with words, being able to tell stories, being able to tell my story and being able, being able to spread a message to millions of people. That was just so intriguing to me. Yeah, that makes sense. And you can definitely hear that in your music. And kind of on that note, your music might not sound like what people typically think of coming out of Chicago. Uh, I know like the drill wave came and then there was all the save money stuff, but I think you've been doing you and your style a lot longer than that. So what has made you um, stick to your style even when all these other genres have kind of migrated through Chicago? Trial and error and uh, maturing and becoming comfortable with who I am as a person. Uh, it's no secret, I'm 35 years old, so I'm not uh, the 20 year old I once was that was just, just, just wanted to be accepted. You know, my mission in music now is just, is way beyond, far beyond being accepted. I'm not looking for acceptance anymore, so to speak, you know? So I had the whole, and when I say trial and error, I did the switching sounds and let me play with this style. Let me try to sound like this. Let me try to sound like that. And at the end of the day, it just wasn't me. And it was a point in time around like 2017, 2018, I was just disgusted with everything music-wise, with myself, uh, the music that was coming out. And like, I just left everything alone. And um, that was around a time where I was playing with different styles, getting away from the more lyrical stuff that I do, content heavy stuff, and we're still keeping content in it, but just trying to sound current or what I thought was current and up to date. But at the end of the day, I'm a throwback MC. Like I said, I'm 35, so I grew up on the likes of a Nas, a Jay-Z, a Biggie, a Tupac, a Big Pun, a DMX, Locks, Twister, Crucial Conflict, you know, Common, Lupe Fiasco, artists like those. So it's like, my thing is just to carry on tradition because, you know, hip hop is so miscon, it's so misconstrued, misconstrued these days, it's kind of like, when we refer to hip hop, you know, we always put the word music onto it, hip hop music. When hip hop is an actual culture, hip hop is something you live, not something you do. So I always want to continue to carry on tradition in that sense and let people know that this culture, I never die. You know what I'm saying? I, that's, that's, if I got anything to say about it, as long as I'm living and breathing and doing what I'm doing. So it's just about carrying on tradition and but telling my story from my point of view from Chicago without having to sound like, you know, the current wave of rappers now. You know, these is young guys that's coming up in their own era of Chicago. I came up in a different era where it was still the same, but you know, like I saw Chicago a different way. You know, I'm not a, yeah. a drill rapper. I'm not a trap rapper. I play with certain styles because I'm an MC. I can't say that much. I'm an MC and I feel as an MC one should master, master all styles, you know, and, and master the craft in totality. So I play around with certain stuff, but I'm an MC, a throwback MC through and through, and I'm proud of that. I stand on that. So that's basically just what I, I give through my music. Yeah, and I have a question kind of related to that history of hip-hop in Chicago. Um, do you feel like 
a lot of the early history of hip hop in Chicago was overlooked. When we look at cities like New York or like LA that have such a rich history, do you feel like some of that history can be overlooked when it comes to Chicago? Most definitely. Um, it's no secret that hip hop started uh, in New York, the Bronx to be specific, shout out to New York City. Uh, but the history of hip hop in the East Coast, the South and the West Coast has been well documented many times over. You know, with Chicago, it's kind of like, you know, they call us the city of broad shoulders, but we have like a, a Napoleon complex. We always feeling like we don't get our just due. You know, we contribute and we also take from other places being smack dab in the middle of the country, but we've contributed a lot to the culture and to the art form. And sometimes I feel like, I, I don't feel like I know sometimes we get overlooked and things get taken from us unjustly. And um, it's no secret that the history of Chicago hip hop has been overlooking and undertold. Uh, shout out to uh, to Midway. They've been working on a, a documentary uh, trying to uh, lay out the history of Chicago hip hop for a minute. And I really hope that they see that project through and get it out to the world because our story definitely needs to be told. You know, from house music um, to to whatever. I mean, Chicago is just, our history is just, is just so rich, you know, especially when it comes to hip hop. So it's definitely undertold and I'm anxious for the day that I could see us finally get our fair shake and have our history be put out for the world to see and digest. No, definitely. And then sort of like moving um, sort of into the project, um, we both really loved a line that you have on there that says, never be afraid to be taught. And can you explain sort of that mentality um, and how I guess that um, is with you and something that you keep with you in your life? Yeah, that's from a song uh, from Chicago where hate. Through a lot of that song, I'm talking to myself. You know, I'm talking to the listener, but a lot of those lines is, is self-affirmation, so to speak. You know, and I'm talking to myself, reminding myself, drilling certain ideals and principles that I might slip or forget about or ease off of and just drilling that to myself and reminding myself of how I feel like I should move. So when I say never be afraid to be taught, you're never too old to learn and you can learn from anyone and anything, you know, um, you know, as, as, as humans, we would laugh at a fool, but a fool teaches you what not to do, you know, so you can learn from any and everybody. You can learn from a child. You can learn from an elder. You can learn from someone your age. You can learn from experience, you know, and they say uh, a smart, a smart man learns from his own mistakes, but a wise man learns from other mistakes, others mistakes. So, you know, it's just always once you feel like you above learning anything new it's like that's what to me that's when you cease to live you know once you feel like that you have nothing else to learn you know life is full of endless boundaries or as far as experiences and learning so it's up to you and your perspective on how you look at things and how you take things in to continue to learn and continue to grow mentally and as a person overall in general so i'm, I'm definitely big on, on learning and trying to obtain knowledge you know one can never have too much knowledge in my opinion yeah, and beyond this project just being an ode to Chicago, it has a pretty deep emotional meaning. Um, could you talk about the album cover you chose and what it means to the project? Yeah, um, so the album cover, I had a, a artist, uh, 46 Designs, um, basically paint an image of a young man who was murdered in 1994, September, by the name of Robert Yummy Sandifer. And... Um, 
allegedly he was uh, a member of the Black Disciples uh, organization in Chicago from the Roseland area. And the way the story goes, he was sent off on a mission, you know, to quote unquote, put in some work. He ended up killing a young lady who had nothing to do with anything. And he in turn was murdered by his own gang, you know, um, allegedly. But um, that that shit, that, that sent shockwaves through the country so much so that that image was featured on the cover of Time magazine. You know, Tupac was aware of that story when he was locked up in Clinton Mack's correctional facility. Uh, he had an image of Yummy in back in, in the background while he was doing an interview from Clinton Max. Um, and around the time, I didn't hear about the story when it first happened in 94. He was 11. I was eight. Um, so I probably heard about it probably around like 12, some years later. But still hearing about it, even though it was years later, it's just like it was kind of like the, the effect of the Tupac video. Like it, it kind of shocked me. Like, wow, like. A 11 year old could be murdered. Like, I, I, even though I'm from certain areas, you know, when you were a kid, you're not used to certain stuff. It's, it's still some sort of innocence you have until you start to open your eyes and realize what's really going on around you. So, that really, that image that I chose to use for the, the cover, it never left my mind. And the way it relates to the title, The Eternal Reflection, is basically what's a reflection? Something that you see in a mirror, an image, or, or whatever. And eternal is basically forever. So I'm basically saying that even though this happened all the way back in 94, I see Yummy in all the cases that that's happening today, you know, from all these young individuals being uh, murdered due to gang violence, gun violence, whatever you want to call it, to little babies, like kids, eight, nine years old to older. I just, I, I, same shit, different day. You know, that's basically in a nutshell what I meant when I said the eternal reflection and when I used that image and connected it to the title of the project. It's just the same shit, different day in Chicago and many other places. But that's a Chicago uh, story. So I kind of wanted to, to pay homage to him as well um, without doing too much because I don't. Well, going into this project, I didn't know any other family, so I didn't have anyone to reach out to to see how they felt about me. And I had some mixed reviews about using the image, but I, I got a shout out to his brother, Carl Dave, who gave me his blessing after he got a chance and an opportunity to speak to me one-on-one and really get into my mindset on why I chose that image. Because I'm pretty sure there's been so many vultures just trying to eat off his likeness and that name without you know contacting the family. And that was never my intention. I didn't even really want to blow his name up like that and like put on this big social media campaign, RIP Yummy, because it's like, Okay, who is this? We don't know you. So I may I let it be known that he was definitely an inspiration for the title and the cover, but I also let it be known that I wasn't trying to tell his story through the project, but just a story in general that could be related to his and so many others. No, definitely. And it's like super clear that you are very intentional with all the decisions that you made um, on the album and sort of um, thinking about that musically. We noticed that you basically worked with a single producer for this project. And we were wondering, yes. like, why you just chose to work with one producer and what um, what highlights that brought to the album. My initial uh, reason for working with soul producers, this is actually my second project since I've been back from my hiatus. And it's the second project in which I chose to work with a soul producer. And 
from the jump, it was kind of like, you know, being an independent artist is, is, is strenuous, whether it's financially, whether it's mentally, everything rides on you. So, well, me in this case. So it's kind of like, okay, I could either exhaust my whole budget trying to pay every producer, let's just say 12 tracks and they each want 200, 300 per beat. Or I could lock in one person, get a cohesive sound, and we just split everything down the middle 50-50. So it started off as uh, a financial thing. But then, you know, I started to notice, like, okay, there's some dope-ass producers out here that want to work with me, and I feel like they sound complement what I do and vice versa. So he was actually introduced to me by the sole producer of my last project. Uh, Shout-out to the homie Max Judy. You know, um, they real good friends. And he was telling me while we were wrapping up our project, like, hey, my guy custom. He actually did all the artwork for my last project with Max Jr. He also does uh, graphic design, too. Shout out Custom Made, Filthy Records, me and her. But, um, yeah, uh, Max was telling me, like, hey, you know, my guy custom, he doing all this artwork. He made beats, too. Like, he want to lock in with you after we done with our project. And I'm like, all right, cool. Um, you know, I'm just coming back, getting my feet wet. And he started sending me beats, you know. I was, I'm real picky. You know, I used to be the rapper that just rapped to anything. Now I feel like it has to move me so I can get my best effort. If you give me your best effort in turn, I'll, I'll be able to give my best effort and we can't lose that way. So he started sending me stuff and it just started connecting. And that's how that, that's how that happened. Yeah. And you can definitely tell how much chemistry y'all had. Um, and that's really interesting that it started off as a financial thing because you would have never guessed it it feels like y'all were just like completely on the same page um but kind of on that note I I love the instrumental on the track chosen and it's just such a beautiful song in general and there's a bunch of other people on that track too could you talk to us about how that track came together and what it was like collaborating with so many different people well I have to definitely shout out to the young ladies the gifted and talented young ladies, Brittany Carter and Olive Blue. Those are the two features on the track. Uh, Olive Blue is uh, is the vocalist. I, th- I believe she was on season four of The Voice. Um, and Brittany Carter is like really making a name for herself in the Chicago hip hop scene. Um, shout out both of those ladies. Uh, Loop Theory, you know, Navarro, Skin, everybody over there. I'm, I'm really in tune with what they're doing. But um, when I, as soon as I heard that instrumental, it's like, that's what I mean when I say I look for instrumentation and beats and that that production that that inspires me and gives me a direction. You know, I'm a creative, but I'm not so creative to the point where I could just make stuff happen out of me and I, I As an artist, I still need some direction. So when I heard that beat, I, I was already a fan of Brittany Carter. I, I had been watching her. She was uh, releasing like a weekly series of freestyles, but shooting videos for him. And excuse me, she had also just released her debut album, um, As I Am. So I was already uh, rocking with Britney, and I caught wind of Olive Blue from Britney, because, you know, she's featured on uh, her album, As I Am, but she was also featured on one of the freestyles. And I really love their chemistry, they sound, how they sounded together. And I heard them both on that track before I even wrote anything. So I didn't know how it would happen if I would have been able to afford their services to get them on a track. Cause I understand that this is a business at the end of the day too. And you, I mean, I'm a grown man. I'm not just reaching out for anything for free. We all doing this for a particular purpose, but we all got responsibilities as well. 
So the money wasn't an issue. Um, I was able to get them what they needed. And we just created something, like you said, beautiful. Like the, the, the instrumental by itself, the beat by itself is marvelous. But when we did what we did, it just took it over the top. And I knew I was going to talk about something, something real on that joint. I didn't know exactly what, if I was going to go into uh, a deep personal space about my life or if I was just going to talk about society and the issues and everything that, I mean, 2020 was ripe with content. I mean, you could just pick a day and, and talk about anything from that year. So mo the majority of this album was wrote uh, during 2020. So yeah, I just connected, reached out. They loved the idea and they blessed me. And there you have it, chosen. Yeah, and I know you took some time off. So is it affirming to come back like after some time off and like create a song like Chosen that like really inspires you? Yeah, yes, yes, most definitely because you know I'm I'm much more mature now. Um at the time, you know, I just I was still of the mindset that something should just be handed to me just because I'm nice or I'm dope. Y'all should come to me. I'm dope, but that hardly means shit these days. Like being dope is like five to ten percent of the ordeal in totality. Like it's really about the network and the business acumen at the end of the day. And I just had to grow up, man up, stand on my own two feet, get out my own way and just put the work in. You know, I always had an issue with consistency because of finances. So I wasn't able to consistently put out music the way I wanted to. Because when I have a vision about things, I want to execute how I see it. And if I can't execute how I envision it, it's kind of like I take my ball and I go home and pout in the corner then. But it's like now with this maturity and with me being old and wise, it's kind of like, okay, I know how to pace myself. I know what I need to spend on this, what I need to spend on that to get the product that I feel comfortable with putting out to the masses. And it's definitely been reaffirming with me coming back, like uh, people are starting to catch on and pay attention. And I'm ecstatic about that. Yeah, and kind of like speaking on um, your reflection upon like your maturity, um, would you say the album is more about like you um, talking to your audience or is most of it like you sort of giving your younger self advice and like almost talking to yourself in a way? I think I think I think it's both depending on how you look at it. It's all POV, but I think it's both. Um, it's definitely talking to the, audi the audience and the listeners, but as I said from the song Fool for Thought, it could definitely be me talking to me, whether it's me uh, giving reaffirmation to myself presently or whether it's me talking to myself from 15 years ago. It could definitely be taken as both. On this project, it wasn't so much so as a conscious effort to talk to my younger self, but I do have unreleased music to where I'm specifically talking to my younger self. And it, I might put it in a way to make you feel like I'm talking to the listener maybe, or I'm telling a story about someone else, but I am in fact talking about myself. So I definitely have some stuff like that, that will be released. But at the time I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking and whoever it touches is who, is who it touches, but it's definitely coming from a personal place, whether it's personal as in I lived it or personal as in I saw it or personal as in this is just the way I feel and I want to express it. It's all 100% unfiltered me so that's as personal as I can get 
Yeah, and you could definitely hear that. There were times on the album that it was like almost a bit hard to listen to because it was so personal, but definitely in a good way. Um, And what is one thing that you want people to take away from this project? I want people to understand that I'm really about this craft. Um, I'm just not a rapper. Like I said, I'm an MC, but most importantly, I'm an artist. You know, um, I have a story to tell. I have a picture to paint. And my thing is with this project, just pay attention to the detail. This is not a microwave ready project. This is a project that I feel like listeners, whether devoted or whether you just like rap music, you have to listen to this. You can't play this for a couple of days and then go on to the next thing. You have to really sit with this, live with it and digest it. I'm one of those type of artists. I'm not saying my lyrics or, or my bars are, that, or are so intricate to where you need to listen back three or four times, but just to get the full uh, feeling, the emotion, you know, the passion. I'm a very passionate individual. Just to get all of that and be able to tap into that, you, you cannot listen to this one time, two times, and think that you're going to absorb everything. It's impossible. I'm a multi-layered, multi-faceted individual, so my music is that by nature. So you have to listen from different angles, in different moods, different times of the day, listen with a different set of ears from a different perspective. Like, that's what this album is, because it's, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a lot within the 12 tracks that's there, I'm giving you a lot. And again, I can't dictate the way someone listens to it because it's art, it's objective. Once I give it to, the listener is this. Like, I can't dictate how you absorb it and how you listen to it, but I would implore the listeners to listen to this. This is one of those albums you got to listen to in the correct order from one through 12. You want to put it on shuffle after you listen and digested it, that's cool. But this is something that's telling a story within itself. Like, all you got to do is pay attention and just give me your uh, your unbothered ear. Like, this is not background cleaning the house music. You know, this is something to where I'm really talking about something that's important to me. A lot of different things. And it would be much appreciated if people went into this wholeheartedly ready to listen and, and hear what I'm saying. Like, every everybody with two working ears has the ability to hear, but are you listening? So it's, it's a difference. Like, you have to listen to this project. You can't just hear this. You got to listen to it. No, definitely. And thank you for that. Um, And I guess our last question is just if you have anything um, in the works that you want to share or like anything that you're excited about doesn't have to be music, like anything coming up. (laughs) Uh, Just just more music, you know, at this point in time, more music, uh, more visuals for the eternal reflection. the vinyl was doing well, uh, physical copy CD still available, all at godsgift.bandcamp.com, G-A-W-D-S-G-I-F-T.bandcamp, B-A-N-D-C-A-M-P.com. Um, but yeah, just more music. I'm definitely putting out at least another two projects this year. Um, but as of right now, it's all about the eternal reflection. Much love to Custom Made. Uh, entirely produced by Custom Made. Much love to Filthy Records. You know, they believe in this project that they want to, you know, uh, come together and and jump on board and help me push this. And they've done a nothing less than stellar job at doing so. I appreciate everybody over at Filthy Records, the K, Sean, though you already know what it is. Um, Chicago, 
you know, Chicago, LeClaire Courts. Like, this is, I mean, it's our time. And salute to all the other artists that's doing it too. You know, I mean, there's so many talented individuals that's out here doing music, like, just from Chicago. It's, it's like we we have our own little, uh, we, we about due for another wave. You know, Chicago gives the world its talent in waves, and we about due for another wave. There's a lot of dope individuals in this city right now. Too many to name as of right now, but y'all know who y'all are. I rock with all y'all. So let's keep it going and let's make them respect us. Definitely. Yeah, we try to review as many as we can over here at the queue. But um, And that's love. I appreciate y'all for that. That's love. Definitely keep doing what y'all are doing because it's needed out here. I appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thank you. We try. episode of two virgins we hope you enjoyed getting to know i'm god and check out his album the eternal reflection you can find this episode on our website quarantinecontent.com or on our weekly newsletter the cube see you next week